Welcome to the December 4th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 22, verses 1 through 9, and the sermon is entitled, Call for Protection, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I'm grateful today to stand before you with God's Word, and this will be the last sermon out of Joshua before we enter a new year. So Joshua chapter number 22 will have our attention this morning. And I want to say this, I put out a, a, a message to the church and to the community last night as I was sitting in my office and just inviting people to come home. And there, there's a place uh, that I understand that today that God is more than just a warm, fuzzy feeling. Today I pray that you've got a, a good, good dose of what the Holy Spirit's work feels like as He changes hearts, as He changes lives. And today if you are in this room and you've never committed your heart and life to Christ, that feeling that you have is not just a warm fuzzy. That's God saying, it's your turn. I'm here, I'm knocking, I want you. And my prayer is that we will be obedient people. Here is the invitation to the community, to the families. I'm not here to pull anybody away from another church, but if somebody is looking for a place to worship, I pray that we as a church family will extend that invitation to Clifford Baptist Church this Christmas season. There is no easier time to invite people to church than right now. So I would encourage you, church, to do that. Joshua chapter number 22, as we begin and open it up the first nine verses today, there is a call for protection. As we have studied the past few weeks in Joshua's life, Joshua is now becoming an old man. These are tough moments for the children of God because goodbyes are not easy. I don't know if they're easy for you, but goodbyes are not easy for me. Goodbyes are never easy. But this is a goodbye to two and a half tribes that have fought for seven years with the people of God. This goodbye today that we're going to see, Joshua says goodbye. Y'all need to go on back to the eastern side of the Jordan River. I'm going to turn you loose. But before he does that, he gives them a charge of protection over their life and a challenge of what they need to do. And I think it's so much of what we as Christians need today and tomorrow and in the days to come as we look to God's Word to lead our life. And so today as we look to the leadership of God's Word, we understand that now these 12 tribes will begin to separate and go their own way after seven years of being together. I want to open chapter number 22 by reading the first three verses to you today. Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, and said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, and have obeyed my voice and all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren this many days unto this day, but I have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. The first point I want to give you today is this. Joshua takes a time to compliment. A time to compliment. I don't know about you, but every now and then, we like to hear, you are doing a good job. I wonder how many people would do a better job in their employment if they heard every once in a while, thank you for what you do. You're doing a great job. We appreciate you. Or am I just speaking from my experience? 
It's funny that when we aren't appreciated or we don't feel that, it affects everything that we do. And so I want you to see uh, an elderly leader of the people of God take a moment before he just says, go back home to address two and a half tribes of the people of God. And he thanks them for everything that they've done up until this point. Here's a couple of things he says in the first three verses of chapter number 22. He says the first thing he said, you have done exactly what you agreed to do with Moses. Look at verse number two. And said unto them, you have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. Everything that Moses asked you to do, you have done. Thank you for that. Thank you for being obedient to the leader before. And thank you for being obedient to me, your leader now. So there's a thank you for their obedience to uh, what they did with Moses. They left their families to fight for seven years with Israel. Now listen, I know there are some people, some men, some women in this room today that understand what that is like. They have given their life on a battlefield to be away from family and home and comforts to go do their duty. And that's exactly what you see here. Moses is saying, thank you. Thank you that you left it all behind. Thank you that you obeyed God and you obeyed your leaders and you've done exactly what you were asked to do. But he also goes a step further. And he says, and you have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you to do. Not only did you obey Moses, your own other leader, but you have been faithful to me and obeyed my voice and my leadership and where I have directed you to go, you have done exactly what I've asked you to do. And I want to say a time out here. You know, this week celebrates for me six months in this position. Tuesday will be six months I've been your senior pastor. And I want to say after six months, it's not the honeymoon phase anymore. But here's what I want to say. Thank you. Thank you for being obedient and faithful and doing the crazy things and the crazy ideas that I ask you to do. You may not necessarily agree with everything, but you've done it. And you continue to show up and you continue to be faithful whether it's a talent that we see visibly on Sunday mornings or it's a behind-the-scenes job, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Because it does not take one person to lead a community to Jesus Christ. It takes a group and a church of willing vessels to do that. Thank you. Thank you. The third thing I want you to see, not only did he obey Moses and Joshua, is he says that you have not turned away look at verse number three it says ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day but have kept the charge of the commandment of the lord your god more importantly than being obedient to moses and more importantly than being obedient to me you have been obedient to god almighty Friends, that's the greatest charge that I could give anybody in this church family. If you're visiting today, it's your charge. Take it back to your church. Be obedient to God above it all. And I'm grateful that Joshua recognizes Christians that follow the will of God. Today for his church, what does that mean? 
I think, it, I think it's a challenge and a charge for us. The first thing that we need to do is do what we say that we will do. If you're going to pray for somebody, you best be praying. If you want to go and you want to volunteer, you best show up. There's nothing so degrading and disheartening that when you, you expect people to come and nobody's there. And it's the burden of the ministry falls on a couple's shoulders to carry it to fruition. And so today, the charge that I want you to learn is to do what we will say we will do. Do what you're asked to do. Come on, church. Do what you're asked to do. I get a lot of requests and asked to do a lot of things. And guess what? I don't do them all, but I try to do most of them. But if you're on a committee or if you're volunteering within the church and you have a job, that job has an expectation. Just do what you're asked to do. If somebody forgets to turn on the coffee pot on Sunday morning, the pastor will hear about it. <laughs> Just do what you're supposed to do. One of the most disheartening things for me in the work world is me doing the job I was asked to do and then somebody, having to, somebody not having to, somebody choosing to come behind me and check it out to make sure I did it. They didn't trust me. They didn't trust me to do the job that I told them that I would do. And so here's the challenge, church. Even within the, a functioning church body, we just need to do what we said we will do. And the third thing is don't turn away. This is the message for teenagers that I just baptized, teenagers in our youth group, but this is the message also all the way up to the most senior person in this sanctuary. There are many people that just quit, stop, and turn away. It's not a health issue. It's a choice issue. It's what they choose to do. And whatever the reasoning behind it, they just quit, not on the church, but they quit on God. And here's what Joshua is, think, is saying. Thank you that you did not quit on God. And so that is the challenge that I think that we as a church can learn. It's not about Jeffrey Campbell, and it's not about the name on the church door. It's about God Almighty and serving Him faithfully here. And my prayer is this, is that every person in this room and that is watching live stream will get involved in what God is doing and just do what we say we're going to do. Do we want the world to know about Jesus? Oh, that's a pitiful church right there. Do we want the world to know about Jesus? Well, let's do what we say we're going to do. Show up. Be faithful. Do those things that God gives you and call you to do. Here is your compliment, church. Thank you. But guess what? There is more to do. Just come beside us. Walk with me. Show up. And let's do ministry together. Point number two. Look at verse number four. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren as he had promised them. Therefore now return ye and get you into your tents and into the land of your possession which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. Point number two today is this. Rest and return. Rest and return. Just as the Lord promised, this is a season of rest from war. The work is done, but there's still work in the details of what needs to be done. They need to divide out land. 
They need to go and finish conquering their land, and there's still work to do. But there is rest available for His people. I want to tell you, church, that rest is, is, is not obtained by doing nothing. Listen, this is for me. This is what God has beat me with this week. Rest is not in doing nothing. Rest on a Sunday evening, I can tell you what that looks like. What I think it looks like is going and kicking back. But I want you to know this. The, the best made lazy boy can't give you rest if you're out of God's will. Rest and true rest is found when you are doing what God wants you to do and what God asks you to do. And when you are in God's will, that's where you found rest. That's where I find rest. And so what he's telling these people is, now that you have been so faithful of seven years of fighting, you have your land, you have rest, go back home because you've done exactly what God has asked you to do. I want you to take just one second. Look back on your week. Look back on just the last. I'm not talking about your lifetime. I'm not talking about, I want the last week. If you're a Christian here, can you say that you have been obedient in the will of God? I don't want any head nods. Have you been obedient to God's will, doing exactly what God wants you to do? Friends, that's not an easy road. You're going to make enemies, and it's going to seem like you're not getting rest. But this week, a little handwritten note from Roseland, Virginia, reminded me this. You are doing God's work. Get your rest. Get your rest. True rest is found in the will of God. And I want to challenge and charge each one of your families to find that rest in Christ and in Christ alone. Maybe today, friends, you're restless. Physically, mentally, spiritually, you can't get the peace that your soul desires. I just want you to consider for just a second, am I where God wants me to be? And if not, you need to take the steps to get there. You need to make the moves and take the effort to get there. The most important verse of the morning is verse number 5. And I want to lead you there right now. Here's what God's Word says. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all His ways and to keep His commandments and to cleave unto Him and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. What a challenge. If I had a banner today, I would put that verse up there and I would wave that banner high. Because as the Lord blessed Joshua with wisdom throughout the leadership of a nation of his people, Joshua speaks and he calls intentionally and diligently the people to remain faithful to their God. Here's what he's saying. You're getting ready to go back home. I am no longer your spiritual leader. You're not going to have me to correct you. You're not going to have me to direct you. You're not going to have me to lead you anymore. You're going back, and here's what you need to do. Verse number 5 lays it out. Take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you. There are a couple of five things, six things, that I want to share really quickly 
that Joshua challenges these two and a half tribes with in this one verse. The first one is this, to keep the commandments and the law of God. Listen, the message has not changed for you and I in the beginning. I have a question, how important is this book in your life? There was a time as a Christian that this book was not important to me. It laid on a bedside, and it collected dust, and it was not used. But friends, you may call me crazy for liking the Bible. That maybe you may think it's my job. But listen, once you dig into this book, there's so much to learn and to get excited about. I used to get excited about baseball more than the Bible. It's, it's, it's role reversal now. This book, God's Word, excites me because there's so much truth and so much learning that I need. The charge from Joshua is take that holy word and follow it. Live it out. Don't be pulled and strayed away from it. James number one, uh, chapter number 1 reminds us today not to be, doers of the uh, to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Not hearers only. And so today, if you come here and you say, hey, great, great message, Jeffrey. Pat me on the back, go out the door, and we don't get anything else out of it. Shame on me. Shame on us. Because we're hearers only. But when we become doers, doers of the word in which Joshua charged his people, let's go live it out among our community. The second thing he charged them with, to love the Lord your God. Notice Joshua makes this personal for these tribes. He said, He is your God. Love Him. Love Him with all that you have. That message has not changed. The love of God. Now listen, I'm going to speak to this one time and I'm going to move on. I'm not going to get on the stump and preach from it. The world has changed the definition of what loving God means. Loving God does not mean accepting everything. Loving God means loving this Word. Here is the root of what we need to love. His Word and His will for our life. So to love God, do we love other people? Absolutely. But there have been people along the way in my life that looked me in the eye and said, Jeffrey, that's not right. That was the love of God. That was the love of God. What you're doing doesn't match up with what you say you're doing. That was the love of God. And I'm thankful for those kind of people. So we're charged to love the Lord, our God. We're char charged in verse number 5 to walk in His ways. As you go back across the Jordan River, Joshua says, follow the ways of our God. Don't you dare leave them. I'm no longer going to be with you. You need to continue to walk in the ways of God. The fourth thing, to keep His commands. Uh, the end of verse number 5, it says, And to keep His commandments. As we think about those, we may say, Hey, we already covered that. No, we haven't. To keep those things which God asked us to do individually, we need to follow His will and His leading on our life. My favorite part of verse number 5, it says, And cleave unto Him. Cling unto your God. There will be moments in your life, if you have not experienced these yet, when it feels like all that you have to hold on to is God Almighty. Everything else is gone. All the things that are dependable are gone. There's nobody around. The only thing I have is God. And here's the word. 
cling to Him. Hold to Him. Cling tight to what He has for your life. I've seen families, and even today, I see families doing exactly this because there's no other way other than through Jesus Christ our Lord. Cling to God. I wish somebody would have told me that as a teenager. I'd have been a far different man. It would have saved me a lot of heartaches, a lot of hurts. But Joshua says, as I'm no longer your leader, cling unto the Lord your God. And at the end of verse number 5, he closes it out, to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. One of the greatest joys I have in life is serving Jesus. And if you never served Jesus, you don't understand that. But yesterday, one, uh, let me just say this, one of the greatest sounds from a pastor, now y'all may call me old school, but it's to hear the, the pages of the Bibles turning when I say go there and I hear Bible pages turning, I love it. I know it's on the screen. I know, I know we have tablets. And I, the pages of the Bible turning are amazing to a pastor. But yesterday out in Madison Heights Community Center, there was more hammering and nails on building mangers. It sounded like a bunch of deranged woodpeckers. <laughs> they didn't know which way to go. But in all of that noise, as we were talking as the leadership, there's no greater sound. There's no greater sound than a daddy and a child working on a project that would lead them to understand the true meaning of Christmas. Friends, that was a joyous sound yesterday. Friends, there's a lot of things when I think about what we need to do and where we need to go, and I don't have time. But serving God and seeing how God shows up in these instances where He never should have been, it's amazing. It gives me hope. It gives me courage. It gives me the strength to stand and preach to the next generation that our God is still alive. There's a word here. That we get lost in translation. As we look at verse number 5. It says, but take diligent heed. If you go back to the root of that meaning of the Hebrew word diligent heed. It means to build protection of thorns around you. The greatest protection that you can build around yourself and your family. Is to surround yourself. With a, with a God that loves you so. And you always look. These men were laying down their arms after seven years of fighting. They were not fighting with gun and with sword anymore. But here's what, what Joshua, was, was, Joshua was telling them. Lay it all down, but build your protection on that of God Almighty. Maybe there's somebody here today, a mama or a daddy or a grandparent, that needs to hear these words. Build the protection around your friends, around your family, and it all centers on Jesus Christ, our Savior. And these things in which we listed is how that protection is built. Take diligent heed to follow the commands and, and to obey them and to do the things that we're supposed to do. But listen, friends, if we miss the part of building around the protection of God, we will still be vulnerable to the world. You can, if you ask a man, how do you defend yourself today? Most of us have our own answers. But I want to, I want to give you an answer today of God Almighty. 
this Christmas season, build your hedge with God. Build the protection around you with His love and care. And from there, you begin to build that wall around other people that you love. Build it around your friends. Build it around your family. That's how ministry works. There's one more point today. That is this. Look at verses 6 through 9. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went into their tents. Now to the one half of the tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given possession in Bashan. But unto the other half, therefore he gave Joshua among the brethren on this side, Jordan, westward. And when Joshua sent them away, he also to their tents, then he blessed them. And he spake unto them, saying, Return with much riches to your tents, with very much cattle, with silver, and with gold, and with brass, and with iron, and with and very much raiment. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh returned and departed from the children of Israel out of Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan, to go into the country of Gilead to the land of their possession, whereof they were possessed according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Point number four today is there was a blessing given. Usually... And the blessing, the high priest was the one to give that blessing in the Old Testament. But there were exceptions that leaders could do that. And Joshua did that here. He blesses the two and a half tribes as they would begin to make their way back across the Jordan River to the east side where their home and where, where everything awaited. As the, as the land was divided out and they needed to get back home. But these tribes would leave now with all the blessings of their leader to uh, charge of God's protection over them and to continue to be obedient to God. They left with a lot of things. In verse number, uh, in verse, let me see, in verse number, number eight, return with much riches to your tents, cattle, silver, gold, brass, iron. Man, they had a lot to take with them. What was the most valuable thing that they were to take? Come on, church. Thank you. Say it a little bit louder. Say it a little bit louder. The most valuable thing over the riches and the silver and the gold that would take care of them financially and materially is God. Is God. I want you to know there would be something that happens in the very next verse, verse number 10. We're not, don't look there, don't look there. We say that for a new year. As we close chapter number 22 today, what's God speaking to your heart here? We close with a blessing that God would keep these people and they would continue to look to them. And if any one thing went wrong, it would be in this area. Years down the road, these two nations would take their eyes off God. These two and a half nations would take their eyes off of God. As a 15-year-old boy growing up in the Methodist church, we always had retired pastors. They're not bad. But a 70-year-old man came to a little church down 60, and he taught me a lot about Jesus. He taught me what it meant to serve and to faithfully follow, but every Sunday morning, he would end the service with a blessing. From Romans 15, 13, 
Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in the hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He would end that blessing. And I would just move on and we'd leave church. And at the time, it may not have meant much to me. But I remember that blessing and the importance of what he was asking God to do to his people. He was asking God's charge of protection over them. And that's exactly what Joshua was doing. I'm letting these people go. But God, will you please protect them? Will you let them continue to be faithful and follow? And pray that you will protect them from everything. Today, I pray that blessing over this flock. That God would keep us. Keep us from ourselves. That He would fill us with the hope and joy and peace of what it means to know Jesus Christ and to love Him. My prayer today is that we never ever forget the power of the Holy Spirit and what that can do in one person's life. Today, I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve and to leave you with this charge today. But I cannot and I will not close this service without saying this. There's so many in this world today that need something, that are looking for something. A hedge of protection around Christians is a, a wonderful thing, and I pray that you pray for that for your family, over your family. And I pray that you take this time to do that. But maybe there's one person in this sanctuary or watching live stream today that really doesn't understand the protection for all eternity that Jesus Christ offers every person who truly puts their faith in Him. Today, I want to offer that protection for that one person. And I can't make you take it. I can only tell you about it. Jesus Christ went to a cruel cross for the death of the sins of all the world. Praise God for that. Amen? Amen. Today, if there's one heart and one life that would simply bow and say, God, I need your protection for all eternity. I want to live for you. I want the hope and the peace that the world can't give me. I trust Jesus Christ as payment for my sin. I trust His death, burial, and resurrection to give me new life that I will rise and live for Him. Today, a simple prayer saying, God, I'm a sinner, and I need you to come into my heart, save me, and change me so that I can live for you will change your life. I want to invite you to do that today if you never have. Christian, church member today, there's work to be done. I'm going to dismiss you in just a few minutes, just like Joshua dismissed the two and a half tribes. My prayer of protection is over you. But it's up to you and it's up to me to continue to follow God's word and God's will for your life. May he come ever so close in our hearts and our minds this year. Can we bow? Father God, thank you. Two words often seem not enough to convey the price that you paid for my sin on a cruel cross. God, the price that you paid for the sin of the world. God, my prayer is this. If there's somebody in our midst today that has never trusted you, who needs protection over their life, over their eternity, over their future, God, I pray, Lord, that they will simply ask you to come, admit they're, they're a sinner, ask your forgiveness of that sin. They put their full faith in the power of the cross, the death, 
and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to give them a new life. Lord, if there's one person that needs that, I pray that they would come this morning, grab a pastor by the hand, and just simply say these three words, I need Jesus. Lord, today, for those Christians that are here, myself included, Lord, I pray that you would use us to be your mouthpiece, to be the hands and feet, to go and to do, and to be available when you want to work through us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will raise up this church to be a light in our community, to continue to stretch forth the hand of Jesus Christ and with the gospel message that Jesus saves. Thank you that we love and we love through the powerful name that is Jesus. God bless this time of invitation. We pray that that as we give it to you, that your Holy Spirit would move in the lives, the hearts of your people. Lord, today, if there's somebody that needs to come pray for protection, God, I pray they run. They pray for that hedge of protection around themselves, their family, their church, their future. God, we give it all to you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.